0: Discovering Asian dramas back in 2018 was an enlightening moment for me, and I've never looked back. I enjoy talking about them just as much as watching them, so much so that I decided to create a podcast with a heavier focus on Chinese dramas, but passing through Korean, Japanese, Thai and Filipino dramas. Welcome to the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast, your corner for drama talking. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and in today's episode we are going to explore something that a listener suggested and that's basically drama terms that are very popular and unique to each country. Um, I really like the suggestion and I thought it was quite fun because I wish... Um, I, over the many years that I've been watching dramas, there's been um, so many terms that I've just sort of wanted to Google and like little phrases that you sort of hear over and over again and, you know, you listen and you're like, oh, I know what that one means now because you've had to Google it. So that's what I'm going to do. But before I get into that, I have a little aside note because yesterday was it yesterday or maybe the day before something arrived the you know in the post that I had ordered a little while ago and I was so excited for it. Now, if you've probably been listening for a while, you very much know that um, I. My favourite drama for this year will probably be uh, Love Between Fairy and Evil because I keep mentioning it. But anyways, here's the little um, thing for today's episode. I got a new mug in the um, in the post and it's a fairy and devil mug and I, it's so so pretty. I'm going to try and remember to post pictures of it on Instagram so you guys can see it as well because I feel like it's worth sharing and again today it's rainy and cold in the UK because we've reached that time of year. It's rainy most of the time but it is that time where it's just grey and miserable. And today is definitely one of those days. Um, so I feel like this is going to become a thing where at the beginning of every episode, I'm just going to tell you guys what I've, uh, what drink I've sat down with. Um, it'll be interesting because I do actually have bottles of soju downstairs. So I feel like one of these days I just need to sit down and record an episode with like a soju bottle. Um, it could get interesting that episode. I don't know. I would that be fun? Maybe. I'm not sure if it would be fun for me to listen back eventually. But you know, um, today I've actually got a really good tea that I really like to drink. And this, I feel like this is just going to become a thing where at the beginning of every episode, I'm just going to mention the tea that I'm drinking because it'll probably be more on the tea side than the soju side um, of the uh, podcast's name. But I feel like it's a little, you know, intro um you know what I've sat down with and today I have an oolong tea um I really like it this one um is called is basically a milky oolong and it's from this place in London it's called Wittard and I love their teas you can get like you can go back in and refill your tins of tea um and I'm not sure if that's a British thing that you can get like tins of tea here but I just feel like it holds the tea so much better than buying the tea bags. So yeah, that's my drink of choice for today's episode. Um, and I'm gonna try and remember to post pictures of that, you know, uh mug that I received because it was like receiving a little early Christmas present to myself because I bought it myself. But regardless, you always should treat yourself. And yeah, that's my little random intro. I feel like this is going to become a thing because, you know, I, I just blabber on anyways. So anyways drink aside um i'm going to split today's episode into um countries that basically the words and little sentences apply to but i I say that, but I think it will be mainly Korean and Chinese because that's the one I know most about. And that I feel like that's the one that has the, you know, the most, um, remem- remember, rememberable, memorable sentences and words. And um, also, there are a few, um, A few Japanese ones, but I feel like I'm going to save that for when I do my um, fully, you know, deep dive into Japanese dramas. I feel like that'll slot better in there um, because we're talking, you know, in the terms of a lot more understanding and depth. So I think I'll do that. I actually don't know. I was looking up and I don't actually know any Thai terms. I don't think I've watched enough Thai to pick up um, any, you know, um, words here and there. There are a few, but I don't think I know them well enough to sort of talk about them. So if you guys do know them, let me know. And also the Filipino ones or any other words that you just think that are so typical to dramas that just make you, you you know, that you recognize um, straight away. So, and also, I feel like Um, like the words and the sentences that we hear so often and while watching dramas and then it makes you feel like oh I understood that I know that one and it makes you feel like excited because you've um you know you understood something that they're saying it might just be one word you know in the whole drama but that's something to celebrate when you pick something up that you know that well um so for me I have actually been trying to learn Korean. Uh, But that's just an ongoing project of mine. I feel like ever since I started doing the podcast, that's sort of been put on hold a little bit, just because the podcast obviously takes more time. And I kind of, um, I really enjoy, you know, doing all the podcast work anyways. But I do actually want to get back to it eventually because I really like learning languages. And I feel like back in high school, I can, being bilingual by nature, not by nature, but you know, Portuguese being my original mother tongue and then having to learn English, I feel like it becomes slightly easier. And I'm not saying, you know, it's completely easy, but it's slightly easier to pick up another language because you're sort you already have the, you know, um how to explain it? You already have you already learnt one language. So you already have like a method that sort of works for you. Now I learned English when I was very young because I moved to the UK when I was 10. So I feel like I don't remember how I learned it now looking back all I remember is just that like I just picked it up and I know that sounds strange but that's literally how it happened and I don't think you know with Korean or any other you know Asian language you could just pick it up just as easily unless you're a genius and if that's the case then I applaud you but that's not the case for me but that's definitely like an ongoing project of mine um Chinese is also definitely on um on my list but I'm guys I'm so intimidated by Chinese language in general like I look at it and I'm like oh god I don't even know where to start um but I definitely actually eventually want to give it a try um even if it's just to like improve my pronunciation so I don't butcher the language as much on the podcast um so but I do feel like if I keep doing the podcast for a long time. I, I'm, I'll be curious to listen in the future, and by the future I mean a good few years time, uh, and see like if my pronunciation has actually improved um, at all while doing the podcast and just by nature just saying words out loud that I hear, you know, in the dramas. It might not be, but I definitely want to um, one day... Basically, just I'll just basically get the courage and sit down and start learning it. And I think once you start, it'll be so you know, it's hard. I think the starting is the easier part because you get excited about it, but then, like, once you actually get into it, I think that's you know, the perseverance side of it. I think that's the harder side. Um, but yeah, I've gone a little bit off topic now. It, you know, you've listened enough by now, you know I don't stay on topic half the time. Uh, But anyways, in this episode, I'll just go through some specific terms you might hear other fans say, um, and like just a couple of common abbreviations that you might see written down. Um, But yeah, now the little quick disclaimers of mine... um, I can't remember all the words. These are just some that I use and I've sort of like compiled them. Uh, Also, as ever, my pronunciation may be slightly off, but I'll try my best not to butcher whatever I'm, you know words i'm trying to say and lastly for this intro which is getting slightly long but i feel like my intros get longer every episode uh i just want to give out a shout out to all my friends on the discord server because they helped put this list together uh, by making the word suggestions so a shout out and a thank you to them on the beginning of this episode so Let's jump right into it. And let's start with Korean because I feel like that's the one that I had so many that, you know, I could choose from. Because there's just... I feel like, for me, when I started. Korean, I feel like, is easier on the ear. It feels like a more melodic language, if that makes sense, at least to me. Like, to me, that's what, when I hear Korean, it feels like a very melodic language, and it just kind of flows really nicely. Um, So, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but I'm hoping it does. Uh, So, the first words that I sort of wrote down were opa and nuna now these are words used uh basically if a younger it means the meaning of them is basically older brother and older sister oppa being the older brother and nuna being the older sister but these aren't necessarily just used um when you are referring to like actual blood brother or sister they can be used by a girl who has a male friend who is older than her then often she will call him oppa and the same goes for a young male who has an older female friend, then they will call them Nuna. Now, that's just like terms. And also, most of these words that I'll be mentioning today, they are in your casual. So when you're in Korean, you don't need to know too much about this if you aren't learning the language. But Korean, there is two different sets of korean in a sense there is a polite formal and there is a like more casual language that you use with friends and you know just family and things like that uh so most of these are terms that you use you know casually like with casual language as opposed to in a more formal setting um So yeah, and also a little term here, whenever you hear the term Nuna romance, what it basically means is that it's a drama that has that the plot point, the main, you know, romance plot point is a older female with a younger male. That's basically all it is. It's, you know, that's what it's referring to. So um. As you have the same way you have oppa and nuna, you have uni, which is basically what a younger female would call an older female, and you have hyung, which is what an old, uh, no, a younger male would call an older male. Um, and these actually... Um, You know, that's actually... uh, You'll hear this in K-pop as well because you'll hear about the Hyong line, which is basically the older members in the group. And then they will also have the Maknae line. And the Maknae line is basically um, the younger line. Uh, Maknae's are known to be the younger people in the group. Um, Now, all of these terms are basically... One version or another, the female version or the male version of a younger brother or a younger sister or an older brother or an older sister. But these will, you know, will be used um, interchangeably between friends as well. So they're not just for blood relations which I just find so cool that there's something in like the Korean language that you can call your friends that isn't like I can't find you know anything in the English language so please help me out if there is like there isn't you know you wouldn't just call oh um sister this or sister that do you know what I mean and so I find it fascinating and I just love that there's like words to express that relationship um that you know go a little bit above um a sister or a brother or you know um not a sister or brother that there's like a word for you know friends um or that you just respectfully call um your older friends so that's you'll hear those terms all the time like literally all the time I'm pretty sure every single drama will have them every single you know uh you'll see them in movies they're just terms that are used constantly throughout you know whether it be k-pop whether it be k-dramas whether it'll be I think people you know in daily lives um they're just terms that are very often used um and I think it was one of the very first terms that I learned is like your oppas. Because I think, you know, you kind of come to know the word oppa very often. Um, so yeah, that's for that. And I dropped it down some words that are basically um, work terms also my dog is being so loud today i don't know if you guys can hear that he literally i don't know he was downstairs and every time i come upstairs and i sit down and i start to record he decides he wants to come upstairs too and make some noise so if you hear that in the background that's what those noises are he's just being uh himself but you know uh, I'll leave him in. He wants to join in. He wants to be part of the podcast as well. So I, you, I can't say no to his face. Um, anyways, um, so I dropped it down, two terms that are used in um, at work. So if you're watching like a work drama, you'll hear these thrown around a little bit. And I find it a li- quite fascinating that I don't know for the most part, from what I gather and from what I've seen and researched, is that older people in like office settings or work settings will look after the younger people. And there's words for like um, the older and the younger people. So if you are a younger person in a place of work and you are addressing somebody who is older than you and that might be somebody who is older in age and I believe that if that person is the same age as you or slightly you know um but has more experience than you, or has you know a higher position than you, then they are what they call your Sunday. And basically, your Sunday is basically that is someone who is a work colleague, but is older than you. Uh, but also, it's not just applicable to um, work. It's also so if you're watching like a youth drama, um, if you're watching something uh, set in a university or you know in a school, um, if you are in a lower Class and somebody is above you, so they are, you know, older than you, then they are your sunbase. That's literally all that word is is that it's somebody who is older than you, but it's like a you know, school setting or a college setting or a work setting. You will hear people referring to people who are older than them as their sunbase, um, and then. On the other side of that, you have your Hubei, which is basically the other side. It's the older people referring to the younger people within a work um, setting or, you know, a college or university setting. Uh, So, yeah, those are the two terms that I always stick in my mind is Sunbe and Hubei um, because they you come, you know, you come across them quite often. Uh, So, yes. So for the next little bit, I have just some drama genres, which we wouldn't necessarily translate into English. So they tend to stay as they are in, uh, you know, in, well, they're not written in Korean, but you know what I mean. So the first one would be um, Joseon. Like if a drama is a Joseon drama or set in Joseon, it's basically a time period in Korean history. And um, I maybe should have written down what, you know, dates it was from, but that's basically it. it all it is. It's a time period in Korean history. And that if it's a Joseon drama, then it's basically set, set in the Joseon dynasty or in the Joseon time period um so that's what it is on the other side of that also you have a what we like to call well not what we like to call that i'm just going off rails now what is called a seguk drama and that's basically a historical set drama so that means you know anything that isn't modern basically <laughs> um not in that you know in that aspect but It'll be um, historical setting period dramas. Um, So that's what your Seigooks are. So anything that's Joseon, basically, would be automatically a Seigook drama because it's a historical drama set in the Joseon dynasty. Um, So, yeah, that's that bit. And then tied into that would be a handbook. And basically, you'll hear this quite often. um, Not necessarily in dramas but you might see it um written around especially when it comes to chuseok which is basically like a festival in um south korea and i i've heard some people describe it it's basically like thanksgiving um like how americans have thanksgiving but it's like the korean equivalent um and i think it's celebrated earlier if i'm not mistaken it's celebrated in september um But yeah, so you'll see what a handbok is, which is basically a handbok is the um, clothing that a male would wear back in, you know, historical times. So back in the Jason dynasty and back in those days. Now, I'm not going to go into any of those details because I only know the very, very surface and I don't want to be spitting rubbish, uh, you know, at you guys. So if you guys know more about this send it my way i'd love to read some more up um because i'm always fascinated but i don't feel like i read enough about things um you know especially when it comes to historical i historicals aren't my favorite genre i don't think it has to be really really good for me to like completely sell me into those dramas um so, yeah, I, but that's just some of the words that you may see floating around, and another one that one on uh someone on discord server mentioned is, and I can never say this word correctly, so we'll try, and it's basically a chable. and a chable, you may see you know um." people saying that a Chable is basically the son of the president or, you know, someone who is bound to inherit money, that sort of thing. Um So, yeah, that would be, if you're seeing, if it's a, a Chable, you know, a drama starring a Chable, then that's what it'll be. It'll be someone who's rich and ready to inherit something or other. Um But, yeah, that's what is, um, that's what I've got for that. And then I just have, um, it's not a drama, drama genre, but it's something that is often said all the time and used all the time. And that's basically when you say, oh, I really have really bad second lead syndrome. And that is basically when um, you're watching a drama and you know how it's like pitched to you as female lead, male lead, and then, you know, your second male lead and your second female lead. Now, if you say I have really bad second lead syndrome, it means that basically the second lead um, male whether it be the male or the female is basically overshadowing the male lead for you so oh i really so basically what you want is you know either your male lead or your female lead to end up with the second male lead or the second female lead as opposed to ending up with you know your male lead or your female lead um so that's basically what it is. And I did I had no idea this was a thing until I started Asian dramas. So that one I googled the heck out of that one because I was like what is this? Like wait, do I have it? I don't know. But luckily I don't often um suffer from second lead syndrome because I feel like I'm I'm very quick to be sold on a main couple and if the main couple isn't working for me then that tends to the you know the point where the drama isn't working for me like they need to sell me the main couple really well for me to enjoy a drama fully so I very 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 rarely get second lead syndrome in fact if I sit down I would have to go through my dramas to even think or come up with one where I had um gotten you know quite bad second lead syndrome but yeah, so for the next little part, it's just basically I've written down a bunch of words that become very, very um used um in K-dramas and I think we all come across them and I think the more you watch them, I swear to God and I swear to you, you will start you know, just sometimes coming out with these words because you hear them so often that you sometimes, whether it be in your head or you actually say them out loud, you will eventually, they these words will creep up on you. And so I, I really should have put, I didn't really put them in the right order, but I'm gonna put them, you know, organize them. And the first one is like your common hello. Now, when I, I, I tell you, It took me so long to learn how to say hello in korean because it's it's a really long word you know in english it's just hello and it's so simple but in korean is and that is hello and that is actually in the formal because i know in casual most of it will just be like and but if you want to say the whole word it's and that is you i swear to god (laughs) sometimes I um um you hit you will hear this one often and often um because it's just you know your typical formal greeting so you will hear this one these are one of the words that you will start to pick up or you know you probably already have and in um comparison to that also there is the the one that I think <laughs> sticks um, to me as well um, is Kamsamnida and that's thank you and you'll hear this all the time. There is also another one which I think is pronounced Komoo which is basically your informal version of Kamsamnida and Kamsamnida is basically just like if you're saying it to someone who's older or you know in a more respectful setting that's like your formal way of saying it I think. Um but then there is ones that um, I think we all learn from um, from Korean dramas, and it kind of stays with us. And one of them is when you go, I go, and I think everybody learns the... I go, you know, because that is literally said all in every single drama, especially by like the old ajumas. Um, Now, the ajuma is basically like the older, you know, aunt that you would have. um, And, you know, you'd have them like it can be, you know, your neighbors or anything like that. But I'm not even going to attempt to get into um, that, you know, down that rabbit because we would be here all day, all day. Uh, but, yeah, so the Aigo is basically, like, used to express um, shock or frustration or confusion. Um, so, you'll hear this come up all the time in Korean dramas when a character just about Aigo. And they'll do it, like, in different tones and in different um, expressions to convey different emotions. And I just love it that there's just, like, one word. And, that you know, you'll hear so much within that word um i find the korean language fascinating i really really do and there's just so much nuance to it um another word that i put down for my common used um terms is the omo omo and that's like i think when you say oh my god or you know again like the go," you know when you're shocked or something like that you go omo omo <laughs> and like they will always say it, use it in so many different ways within the Korean language. And I guarantee, look out for it. I bet this was probably one of the very first words that as a Korean drama watcher you picked up was the om-o, om-o. <laughs> because, and you have to say it in that tone. Like, I don't think I can say it in any other tone other other than the om-o, om-o. because it's like, <laughs> it's always has it as I hear it. So, yeah, that's another one. And then, um, now, we've come to one where you if you're a rom-com enjoyer or rom-com watcher, you will know this word off by heart because I guarantee you it will be said in every single romance drama in the Korean um you know, Korean library of dramas. And if it isn't, then it ain't a romance drama. That's all I'm saying. And that is the word sarangeo, and that's I love you. So that's one of those words that you will hear often. Not often, often, but you will hear it every single drama that is, you know, that involves romance or anything like that. And on the other hand, you also have chwayo, which is I like you, basically. So those are the two um... Once that you don't even you don't even need to read the subtitle like you know you know that's the confession that you've been waiting for for twelve episodes. <laughs> so yeah, um, I those are words that I've really picked up, and then just two, three other ones that I really have to mention, and one of them is hadjuma, and you have this, I don't know why I have to say it in that tone, but basically it's it means don't do that or stop it and you see this all the time hajima hajima and it's basically just like just stop it it's it's really funny because you see it even more like with um k-pop and i'm thinking specifically of now, I'm a BTS fan, and this, as soon as I hear that Hajima, I basically remember, and it's a clip between Yungi and Tae, and they're on stage, and I don't even hear, because you can't hear him saying it, but you just look at his face, and you know he's turning to Tae, and be like, Hajima... <laughs> And I just find that hilarious, so yeah, every time I hear it, that's where my um head goes to is that clip and the amount of times that Yoongi says that today, but regardless, I'm going off topic and the last two ones is that I really want to mention that are just words that I you know I've picked up along the way, and it's chincha, which is like really, and I find i really f I love it in the Korean language that. You can use the same word, but depending on like the tone that you use, it changes so much. And I feel like this is a thing in Asian languages in general. I was looking it up, and in Chinese, it seems like the tone of... Um, of words really 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 defines like what you actually mean and i find that fascinating that just a simple tone change can change the whole meaning of a sentence or you know of a word um i just really really like that but it's one of those things that'll make you uh, a much fluent speaker in a language is learning like all of those little tones and nuances which i think just comes with practice and like being able to use the language over and over again um, um so yeah. That uh I think will I've got oh no no no, I do have one. I do have one and one is like that you'll hear and it's actually a name of a few podcasts around and it's cool and it's Debuck. and it's basically like it can be used for so many things like when somebody's telling you something and you don't quite believe it you go debak like as you know um but you can also use it for oh you know that's cool or something like that and you go Debuck. you know so it can mean so many different things um but you'll definitely pick those up so yeah that's i think yes that's what i've got for korean i do have a couple more but like i I, i've been banging on for 32 minutes already so uh, i'm gonna move on to the next one So for the next uh, part, I wanted to talk about some general word abbreviations. And this is basically when you are reading comments, some people might abbreviate a lot of things. Um, One of the common ones would be something like um, crash landing on you, which is often just referred to as cloy, which is basically just every first letter of every every word in the title. And you will often um, see, you know, Crash landing on you, referred to as Cloy, or other dramas in general, just referred by their abbreviated titles. I think it's literally just because some titles are really, really long. Um, like for example, it's okay to not be okay. Um, that just gets shortened down. But I think with Cloy, it works really, really well because cloy is just like a nice thing to say whereas with something like it's okay to not be okay i wouldn't even know how to say that i just know the abbreviation but you will see often um dramas just be abbreviated just because it's just for ease of whenever you're typing something out so someone's and these apply to both you know korean chinese uh to several um drum um, countries in general i don't know if they're used in the west because i never really looked when i was watching western shows i never really looked for you know written content about them so or you know fandoms so i'm not sure if it's something that is also used in um in the west but here we are so the first one that i've got is otp and that basically stands for one true pairing Um, so that's what that one is it's pretty self-explanatory you know it's basically the one main couple you know the ones that are destined to be together so that's your otp Uh, and then similarly i think this is more used in chinese dramas as opposed to you know within korean um dramas or anything like that and that's cp and that's basically just shortened down for couple um that's all that is um And then you have FL, which is female lead, ML, male lead. And similarly, you also have SML, which is second male lead, and SFL, second female lead. Um, You will often also see BL, which is for boys' love. Um, That's just the genre it's from. Or GL, which is girls' love. And finally, the last one that came to me that I think you'll probably come across It's H-E-A, which is basically happily ever after. So often you will see people just ask, oh, does this have a -A," H-E-A or something um, like that? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm missing uh, a few here, but these are just literally the ones that came to mind when I... um, when I um, sat down to write down the, my notes for this episode. So that's what I went on. So, for the next part, I want to go into like Chinese ones, um, Chinese terms, or, you know, common ones that you might come across um, if you're watching Chinese dramas often. Now, a friend of mine mentioned to me that there is a really, really wonderful glossary at the back of The Grand Master of Demonic Cultivation, which I have the book. Um, and it's basically the book that The Untamed is based on and I was looking at it and I was like I really really liked how this explains things so I'm actually going to be using their description for this segment Um, so if you're wondering that's where I'm reading them from or where I'm getting them from because I just feel like they explained it so much better than I ever could. So Um, yeah and I think I'm a little bit more familiar with the Korean terms than I am with the Chinese ones because although I probably watch slightly more Chinese than I do Korean uh, I don't know it'll be interesting maybe this year I think that may be true but for a really long time I didn't watch that much Chinese even though it was what I started watching initially Um, and basically I because I started learning Korean I just know a bit more on the Korean side than I do on the Chinese side so I wanted to get um, something that's, you know, quite accurate. And that's why I thought I would do that. And also, I often use a channel on youtube and it's the grace mandarin chinese channel on youtube she explains things really really well um and i will try to remember to tag her the video that i watched um while i was preparing for this episode but she just really really i love the way she explains things uh so i often watch some of her videos on you know on there as well so the first one that I wanted to start with is like basically the family side of it. I'm just looking the page. I wrote the page down, but I'm not at the page yet. Okay, now I am. Um. And it's basically like, similarly to Korean, where you have your oppa, your nuna, your uni, those sort of words. There are similar words in Chinese um, that you would use. And those are, oh my god, this is such a long list. I might just have to pick a few out, um, like I did for the Korean, because otherwise I will be here the whole day. Um, So, yeah, so... If you hear the, like, if someone's saying D, it means younger brother or younger male friend. And it can be used on its own or as a honor, honor, honorific. (laughs) That, That came out of nowhere, guys. Um... And so that's, you know, it can be used by itself. So it's basically more like the formal version um, of what you would call um, a younger brother. But then you have Diddy, which is your younger brother, but or younger male friend, um, but it's more in a like casual term um and then you have di, which um basically it means um it's one's lackey or subordinate uh and it's basically someone a leader took under their wings so i actually thought initially that when i heard uh, before reading this i thought and this is me with like basically barely any like and you know um knowledge of chinese i thought when somebody said di it meant like um, little brother because shao, I believe, is the word for little. So I just assumed it was for a really long time. And then like when I was preparing this episode, I sat down and my friend mentioned the glossary and I went and looked. And I was like, the first thing that it says on here is, shao di does not mean little brother. And I was like, oh, I've been thinking about it all wrong and I was like this is one of those terms I should have googled <laughs> so there we go and uh, so yeah it does not mean little brother and instead refers to one's lackey or subordinate so there we go not little brother after all. Uh, and then you have "gu," which is a familiar way to refer to an older brother or older male friend used by someone substantially younger or a of lower status, can be used alone or with the person's name. So often I think what I hear more is like you'll hear and the person's name, and then like they'll attach gao to it, and yeah, and then you have guga which is a familiar way to refer to an older brother or an older male friend used by someone substantially younger of lower status. Has it's a, it's like got, and this is true. It's got a cutesier feel to it. So whenever you're watching a Chinese drama, and like you often hear it, it's the annoying second male, second female leads. I'll be like gaga. And, yeah that's what it's for i'm making all sorts of noises in this episode i'm not sure how this is gonna come out but we'll see um and then similarly so like you have nuna in chinese you have jie which is older sister or older female friend and it can be used alone or as an honorific um and then you have jie jie which is older sister or an unrelated older female friend and that's like the casual term for it so there is like quite a few more but i would be here all day reading so i will just read those because that's what i did for the korean with the opera and you know uh nuna and um that so that's what i will read for that one now i've written down this now i have been saying for episodes on end that i'm going to do an episode on um uh, Xianxia and wuxia and like all of those genres but this book has a really good description um on the back of it for those and i just wanted to place it here so what they say is um the um so basically the first one that's in this glossary is dan may and this is if you guys have the book this is on page 379 if you don't just listen to me waffle on about what's written in this glossary that's really, really good. Anyways, I... Um I did not know this. So I often just knew Wuxia, Xiangcha, and like, I, there is another, another one, which is Xuanhuan, which I'm going to look up to see how it's better pronounced, because I haven't quite learned that one. But there is actually one that's um, called Danmei, and it's directly translated into Indulgence in Beauty. And it's, as the glossary says, it's a Chinese fiction genre, focused on romanticized tales of love and attraction between men it is analogous to the bl boys love genre in japanese media the majority of well-known dan may writers are women writing for women although all uh genres, genres? produce and enjoy the genre okay i think they mean gender genders oh yeah 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 genders sorry my <laughs> clearly my brain's not working But this was really, really interesting because I came across it and I didn't know that's what it was, that there's like a specific term that, you know, BL is more the Japanese term, um, boys love, and the, you know, for Chinese, you have Danmei, and I was like, oh, this is really like really 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 interesting so i thought once i came across it i was like i really need to put this in the um episode um cuz i just thought it was really good and then the next one that it says on him is uh and basically it translates to martial heroes um and it says here is one of the oldest Chinese literary genres and consists of tales of noble heroes fighting evil and injustice. It often follows martial artists, monks or rogues who live apart from the ruling government, which is often seen as useless or corrupt. These societal outcasts, both voluntary and not, settle disputes among themselves, adhering to their own moral court codes over the governing law. Uh, characters in Wuxia Focus primarily on human concerns such as political strife between factions and advancing their own personal sense of justice. True Wushia is low on magical or supernatural elements. To Western moviegoers, a well known example is Crouching Tiger or Hi- Hidden Dragon. So I thought it was really good that they put that example in there saying that I haven't watched it. But Um, yeah, I thought that was such, like, I, I've been trying to mull over how to explain these, um, terms, and I think that just put it so well, um, that, that's, you know, the, um, the, t- the explanation I wanted to go with. And then we have the description for xianxia, which I'm sure you will hear often because it's like quite a big genre within Chinese dramas and it basically translates to Immortal Heroes and it's a genre related to Wuxia that places more emphasis on the supernatural. Its characters often strive to become stronger with the end goal of extending their lifespan or achieving immortality. Xianxia heavily Features doist themes while cultivation and the pursuit of um- immortality are both genre requirements. If these are not the story's fo- central focus, it is not Shansha. The Scum's Villain's Self Saving System, Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, and Heaven's Official Blessing are all considered part of both the Danmei and Shansha genres. All really good books, by the way. I am working my way through the Grandmaster, but I have a friend who um, has read the uh, Scum's Villain self-saving system and she is absolutely loving it. So uh, I definitely want to make my way through that one. And I just thought that was like such a simple yet yeah, good explanation for Xianxia. Um So yeah, that's all I've got on that. And then while reading through this... Um, little um, glossary I found something that was really interesting that I is often shown in um, older I think like period setting and you know fantasy setting um, Chinese dramas I'm not sure if it's the same in Korean but I do believe it is and that is um, the fact of um, colors and how colors are used and how they may differ from um, the West and basically one of them was uh, so white, it, white signifies death, mourning and purity. It is used in funerals for both the deceased and mourners, which is so different because if you think about it in the West, we tend to use black for funerals. So I find that, you know, that's such a contradiction not a contradicting, but it's like completely the opposite colour hand so basically and then it goes on to say black it's classy scholarly considered masculine representing the heavens and the Tao. um and then for red, they this i i love it i absolutely love this because so basically red it's happiness good luck used for weddings and my god Whether it be Chinese or Korean, but I think it's definitely more Chinese. This is a very, you know, um, I'm not sure if it's still used today. I really, really wonder. I'm going to have to look that up because I do wonder. This is stunning. And I mean stunning stunning you know red chinese um wedding dresses used in dramas and they are so beautiful they are intricately like woven with golden thread and they are stunning absolutely stunning and whenever there's a wedding scene or a drama skimps on a wedding scene I get so sad because I'm like, look, I'm waiting for the red, my red, beautiful dress to walk on screen so I can admire it. One of these is for sure um, one and only. Um, It has one of the most beautiful red wedding dresses and I just loved it. So yeah, that's what red signifies in Chinese dramas. And then yellow and gold, it means wealth and prosperity and often reserved for the emperor. Uh, blue and green, it's health, prosperity and harmony. And purple is divinity and immortality. So, yeah, I thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, and, you know, just something that is often quite different from... The colors that we see in the West and how they are represented. There's definitely more, um, and even more specific ones. Uh, but I am actually going to do an episode on the untamed, and it's going to be part of my BL series. Um, I want to do a special episode just for the untamed and Word of Honor together, and I'm going to be going back to that glossary for sure, um, to talk a little bit more about the terms that's, um, Um, on there so look out for that one that will definitely be coming soon um, your way now I've written down some common sentences and this is probably where i'm gonna start butchering chinese but i'm i'm trying i'm i'll try my best and this is ones that you, if you watch chinese dramas enough you will probably pick them up um and you'll just know just by hearing them what they mean you won't have to read the translation and the first one i've written down is one of the words that i learned really really quickly and that's washi huani and that means i like you um You hear this so often that I think um, you kind of picked it up. Also, there is one that I picked up that I was really, really, really um, interested because I didn't read the subtitle, um, but I heard the word and I'll tell you why it piqued my interest. It's because it's the same word and it means the same in Portuguese. Obviously, it's probably said very differently, but that's the word "char" and it means like tea. And in Portuguese, we say exactly the same just you know pronounced slightly different but we say sha and that's t so it's very very similar and I was like so excited to hear it because I'm like you, you know you hear something I'm like oh that sounds familiar and then, and then you look it up and you're like oh that's you know that's what it is so yeah that's one of the ones you hear very often is also the charm but the washi huani is basically I like you and you will hear this one very often you also hear this one uh, quite often and it's beads way and you'll hear it quite often said in that tone because it means shut up so you will often hear it being said with that, you know, that, you know, slightly angrier tone of like, just beads way, just basically shut up. So the next one I have on my uh, little list is uh, denamala. Zanamala, I think that's better, Zanamala, uh, and that means what or what's wrong, and you'll hear that all the time, like, all the time and the video i watched um from um from uh grace mandarin chinese on youtube it's really really fun because she basically put all of these words together or sentences that you'll often hear it and then she put a clip of like just scenes from various different chinese dramas and i loved it i really did like that episode that um video so i am gonna try to link it um if i forget just you know shout at me beads way at me (laughs) and uh, no that's shut up see i'm confusing myself now um so yeah just shout at me so that i remember to link it if anybody's interested in watching that one and then a next one that i have um is and that's like right or correct um and the last one is uh and that's really so you know it's the equivalent to in uh, korean so i feel like i have butchered this um the you know chinese and korean enough that i'm not gonna i don't i'm not gonna go into any other ones that's all the ones i've got written down um i thought this was just you know a fun little episode but i wonder what words like for just to wrap up the episode, like my little question of the episode, um wrap up, what words do you pick up from dramas that stick with you that you're like, you find yourself almost using or even just using like, you know, your Omo or, you know, your igor or, you know, um whatever that may be, please uh, send them my way because I'd be really interested to see. I do. Oh, my God. The amount of times that I say Omo, Omo. Or I go <laughs> because it's just words that we hear so often that they kind of become part of our vocabulary. I can't talk now. See? It's the end of a Tuesday and I obviously my vocabulary has gone out the window, clearly. Um but yeah, that's I hope you liked this one. This one was a bit of a wild uh card episode, I think. Um but it was a fun suggestion and I had a really fun time with the Discord people just coming up with like um words to, you know, to use and words that we initially didn't really know um and we sort of picked up as we've watched more dramas in our little uh drama journey. So, yeah, I find it fascinating because we watch something and we hear something and it makes us curious to learn it. And I find that a really good gift that dramas gives us. And, you know, whenever you're watching something in a different language and it piques your interest enough to Google it or to search for it. Um, and, it, you know, it means that you've learned something new. Um, I just find that that's so... Um, You know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's fun, but it's also, you know, it means it'll leave you with a lasting impression of uh, whether that be that drama or that word or that language. So that's all i've got for this week's episode i hope you've had fun listening to it and and all my attempts are at not butchering either korean or chinese but i'm pretty sure i probably have uh, but here we go we keep trying our best and that's all we can do um so we shall come be back well i'll be back next week i'm hoping you'll be back too next week uh for another episode and um, i hope you like this one and see you next time This has been another episode of the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and you can come and chat to me on Instagram at Tea and Soju Pod, all one word, and on Twitter, Tea underscore Soju underscore pod. You can also email me at Tea and Soju at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, please help by rating and reviewing wherever you listen to help others find this drama corner. I'll leave everything linked in the description notes. See you next time for more Asian drama chatter.